Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. If this is your first time here, my name is Tim. I'm the senior pastor here at the Vineyard, and uh, indeed, we are in a series on the Holy Spirit. We're we took from Crowder's song, I Know a Ghost. And so today we're going to talk about I Know a Ghost Who Gives Gifts. And um, we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, during the Christmas season, one of uh, when my daughter-in-law gave me the gift of a DNA background thing. You guys, have you done any of that stuff? You know, checked your uh, heritage out. And so she gave me this and you know, I added to it <clears throat> the medical stuff and all that. I thought, why not just go for it? You know, at this stage of life, give me the news. Just let me know. You know, let me know everything. Uh, and, and it's pretty interesting. You know, you can find out all kind of things about, you know, where you're from and your heritage and all this. And, you know, Karen was kind of wondering. She says, is there a variant, a strand in there for it says that you're one of those people who thinks they know everything? <laughs> and I actually... Actually, I said, well, you know, it's interesting you should say that because I actually have the strand that does know everything. It's, it's in there, and I know it's hard, but it's a gift. You know, it's just a gift. You know, but, but it is interesting, like, uh, like asparagus, if you notice asparagus smell, all this kind of stuff. If you're kind of attuned to that, it's in there. It's like, uh, I, know I have a strong uh, DNA strain for fried chicken. It was in there. <laughs> But I have to tell you, there were no genetic markers for country music. And I, you know, it goes, it goes all the way, I went all the way back to the Neanderthal part, and there was no country music. It was all the way back. You know how you go about down, 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 none. But you know what we do? We, when, we, uh, when we come to Christ, we are born again. We become a part of a new family. There is a new strain. There is a new DNA that we, be, we get, that we get to be a part of in the family. And a lot of us go through life and never realize what is there for us. What is our, you know, inheritance, our heredity as far as what have we been given. And uh, that's a part of this looking at the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, he brings with him all of these gifts. The Bible calls them charisms, uh, as the Greek calls them. And, and they're grace gifts given to those who know Jesus Christ. I mean, the way we get into Christ is through the Holy Spirit. He's the one that does the work in us. And as he comes into our lives, he brings with him this strand, this DNA, and we get to be a part of it. And isn't it, uh, wouldn't you want to know, I mean, at least know all that is there in your new genetic makeup, all of the giftings and the part that you get from being a part of God's family? Wouldn't you want to know about it? Instead of going through your whole life and then going, gosh, I never knew that was a part of who I was. I never knew that. And so I, it's kind of the way I've been looking at the gifts portion of this. Now, I can't talk about all the gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. We'll revisit that at some a point. But if you go over to you know, 1 Corinthians 12, there's a whole section there in the New Testament that talks about the gifts of the Spirit, like the word of wisdom, uh, word of knowledge, faith, and uh, gifts of healing. And notice it's gifts of healing, not the gift of healing. It's plural because 
at any moment in time, if God should work that way, there are different gifts of healing for that particular situation. Miraculous works, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues. For some reason, that's the one everybody wants to talk about, you know, and, and uh, tongues, <laughs> interpretation of tongues. And so, uh, you know, there's various gifts. These are not all either because you go into Romans 12, you go over to Ephesians, and there's more. And I honestly believe there are probably more than are listed actually in the Bible. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of people believe that. Uh, and so my, my interest today and my purpose today is to stir, hopefully, stir up our imagination and our interest in just what God has for us, that DNA strand that now that I've looked at the report, the scripture, and I see who I am and what my, you know, what my background, who I'm a part of and what's been given to me, that I can tap into that and be everything that God intended for me to be and also to receive what God has given me to be able to operate in it because the church is its best when we're, when we're like that. And so uh, would you pray with me this morning to help me? And like right now, I'm going to pray. I, I try to do this every week for the gift of teaching, you know, that, that God would honor, honor us and so you don't have to listen to me so much and so that, uh, you know, that there's, there's a lot of God in this and that God gets his way. So, Father, thank you for our time together. And I do ask for you. Lord, to give me the gift of teaching for the next few minutes, and that, Lord, you teach us, that you help us. And Jesus, you said when the Holy Spirit comes, he would come and he would teach us, teach us all things. And, and so, Holy Spirit, you're, we recognize your presence in us, in this place, and we welcome you, and we ask for you to teach us and to lead us into all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, man, what, one of you script, oh, you flip your hand out over, there's a fill-in on the back side. And 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And I, I want to I explain something up front. Some of us... Some of us in churches, and, and this is all sincere, I think, have been taught that the gifts of the Spirit, they are the talents that we have submitted to God. That is erroneous. The gifts of the Spirit are supernatural gifts. They're gifts given by God many times in the moment, for the moment. Now, I love it that you submit your talents to God. I'm glad that God dealt with me about me taking my guitar playing and stuff like that 40, 50 years ago and submitted it to God and learned to worship God and do what I can with what I have and that we should do that. We should. We should submit our talents, the things that God, um, things that we do well, we should take all of that, submit it to God and say, God, use me and help me be the best that I can be. Uh, for your glory in all of these areas. But this is not what that's talking about. And see, in our haste many times in churches to try to make some things that seem so mystical and are in many ways mystical 
in our haste to bring it down and to make it palatable for us so it doesn't get too odd, we start attaching this to our natural talents and, and all. So we, like, he has the gift of singing. He has the gift of worship. He has the gift of this because he does it well or she does it well and all. But that is not what 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about. And uh, so I, I want to, you know, we, keep, we seem to run the gamut, you know, in churches. We're like, over here is like the super conservative side that says those type of gifts don't exist anymore. And so whatever gifts do exist are our natural talents and all that are good enough that we submit to God. And so we don't even consider the supernatural aspects of the gift of God. We do that. A lot of us do that. Or we run all the way to the other side and we go, it's Crazyville. You know, anything that happens that's weird is wonderful. And there's no order. You know, there's, it's just whatever. It's chaotic. It's, and that's 1 Corinthians. The book of 1 Corinthians is written to a church that's kind of like that. I mean, it was a full-on revival situation there, it looked like. I mean, everybody was speaking in tongues to each other, and it was, you know, it was just wild. There were a lot of things out of order, but he never rebuked them for the gifts that were there, but rather the operation and how they were stewarded. You get this? So we, 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 we can't seem to find that place where God gets the best in the gifts that he gives. And so um, that, this is... And, and I don't have a problem walking the line like this. You know, sometimes we'll lean this way. Like we're a little bit more, you know, got it figured out. Then the next minute, well, I don't have it figured out. And so we lean into a little more of, of the mystical side of that. And then we go, wait, I'm getting a little out there. And they pull back. And I'm over here. I don't have a problem with doing this on the line. But I do have a problem with us doing this. You know, or us doing this. And so... I don't think we have to do either one of those. I think we can walk. Maybe not perfectly straight, but I think we can, we, can, we can get down the middle of this thing where God gets the glory and his church gets to operate in the gifts the way that it was intended to. And so, you know, I think this is, this is where God is taking us. And I want to read this quote from uh, probably the two best books I've ever read on the, on the Holy Spirit. And this is from a guy named Simon Ponsonby, uh, a good friend of the vineyard, uh, English chap. And this is from his book, God, God Inside Out. And uh, he says this about the gifts of the Spirit. They are supernatural, above nature, and are given specifically to the believer by the Spirit through Christ. Nowhere in the major charism, that's charism, gift passages, is there any hint that these are of a general natural order co-opted by God for his use in the church? So you get that? Like, oh man, you know, I've been playing the guitar for a long time. God co-ops that. And now I have the gift of worship. Now, I submit it to God. Help me. But that's not what these gifts are talking about. Not, we're talking about I may have just lost your pick. No, I didn't, Mom. There it is. I'm not picking on you or anything. But um, <laughs> so let's look at these scriptures in First Corinthians twelve seven. That was not a gift, was it? It's like <laughs> you don't have that gift, Tim. 
He's straying into waters that uh, not. First Corinthians 12, 7, you know, now to who? Each one. Your first feeling is this. There's no doubt no one is left out. There's no doubt no one is left out. To each one. Each one. Who does each one include? Does it include you? Did everybody say yes? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. Just go down a few verses and we read this. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to who? Each one, just as He determines. It's the Holy Spirit's choice, what He does, right? But each one. If you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Jesus, if Jesus has come into your life, it has been via the Holy Spirit, And as the Holy Spirit has come into your life, he brought with him amazing gifts. They've always been there. They're there. And they're in the Holy Spirit. And that manifestation, that means like to reveal it. There's a revealing of the Spirit in these gifts. And, uh, you know, I think that's that DNA strand that we don't know is is alive in us many times. It's there. Uh, We have seen... So many examples of this. Um, some of you have heard this story, but when we first started this church, I guess it was maybe the second Sunday, third Sunday. There's maybe a hundred people in this cafeteria we're, we're meeting in, and there's a 12-year-old boy sitting right here, and uh, you know, people in the church. And I'm finishing up the service, and and this 12-year-old boy goes like that, and so I'm trying to finish up, right? So I'm like, okay, come here. He's like, Mr. Tim, I can't remember the exact number. It's something like nine or ten. But he says, I think there are nine adult people in this room who need to come to know Jesus today. And if they say yes, they will right now. Now, this young man did not go around doing that everywhere all the time. It was that moment because of what was going on. And so now my choice was, what do I do? Right? So... I think Jesus loves to save anybody, anywhere, anytime. And like, so I stepped back and I said, young man says there are nine adults in this room who right now need to come to Jesus. So come to Jesus. Doesn't have to be elaborate. Like, all right, here's your invitation, right? Yeah, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for, you know, we adults, we're slow to, you know, we got pride and stuff like that and. And so we like, uh, you know, up goes one hand, up goes another hand. And now there's only 90 to 100 people in this room, right? Pretty soon there were nine hands up. I waited to see if there were any more. And so we prayed, and those nine adults responded by inviting Christ to come into their life. That was a gift. Something God did in that moment through that young man. That there's a gift to, given to everyone. Each one. 12-year-old, 6-year-old, 10-year-old, 15-year-old, 50-year-old, 90-year-old. Ever how old? Jackie Pullinger. Uh, Tao, uh, Jackie Pullinger was a 
young girl who went to Hong Kong when she was still a teenager with just a few dollars in her, in her pockets. And she went there because she felt like God sent her there to minister. And so she went there and she went down into the, that, the catacombs of opium addiction and all there in Hong Kong and began to preach Jesus, a single young woman. And she's been there for 50 years now doing this and, and all. But I remember a story she told once at one of our conferences where she was like, you know, a lot of these folks could not get off of what they were on immediately. Some did. Sometimes there were miraculous things that happened. But many times it was a journey. Many times it was a journey as people walked out of where they were. It wasn't instantaneous. And she knew that. But she said Jesus still loved them. Still, Jesus was still moving in them. And so she would like pray and they had a pastor come, and I happened to visit this pastor's church one time in Singapore, and uh, it's a humongous church, and, you know, he's the big mega pastor, and he goes to visit what Jackie's doing, and this opium addict, who was a part of Jackie's church, stands up in the meeting and points at the pastor and goes, oh, you have a secret, and said, you know, God really loves you so very much and loves you, and didn't embarrass him in front of everybody, but talked to him later and said, you sneak a smoke behind your family's back every now and then. <laughs> and I heard Lawrence, I heard Pastor Kong tell this story in Singapore also. And he goes, first thing I said was, there's no way an open addict can do that. Can tell me, you know, that God could work through him. I mean, the guy loved Jesus, was working through his issues, trying to get free, doing what he had to do. And he said it was true. He says after church, I think they had like 12 services in the weekend or something like this. And so he said his kids would be, oh, he said, it was just one cigarette. <laughs> he said, I don't know why. What it won, you know. And he said he would go in the bathroom and he would smoke one cigarette, you know. And, uh, and this guy in Hong Kong told him, he says, you know, God knows and loves you. He knows and he loves you and He'll free you, right? He'll free you right now. This is from a guy who was struggling. To each one is given a revealing of the Spirit's goodness to each one. God's no respecter of persons. If the Holy Spirit is in you, if you are in Christ, then that is there to operate, right? 12-year-olds, whatever. We, we had a guy a couple of times come to the church I used to be a part of, a guy named Kim Clement. I have never in my life seen anything like this. This I'm leading worship for it, right? I'm just worshiping away, and Kim comes up, and he goes, uh, starts saying, where is Diane? Well, I know Diane. I mean, I was kind of the, the counsel, pastoral counselor at this church. I knew lots of things about lots of people, <laughs> right? And so she waves her hands. He goes, you live on Barker Street? Now, this guy's from Australia. He purposely did not show up at the church till 30 minutes after the worship had started so nobody could talk to him. And he goes, you live on Barker Street and your doctor is Dr. So-and-so. And he's been treating you for this. You know, and she's like... And then he called another woman and he told her her middle name. And I was doing marriage counseling with this group and I knew her middle name but nobody else probably did because I'd seen her family history so he says your middle name it's like victory which God has for you your middle name is Victoria now 
And then he, he says this. Now, I don't buy everything that I, you know, we know in part, we prophesy in part. That's in the Bible. Have you read it? Yeah. There's a little bit of us and a little bit of God, right? And we're supposed to discern. And we're, it's subject to being judged when something like this happens. But the way Kim responded to this was, he said, why does God show me things like this? He said, I asked God one time, and he said, because I want people to know I know their name, and I know where they live, and I love them. I know them by name, and I know where they live. Now, see, I can buy that. I can buy into that because that's about the love of Christ for people. It's not about flamboyance. It's not about drawing attention to anybody. It's all about reaffirming the love of God for people. Now, I know, most of us go back, wait a minute, you know, to think. But I'm telling you, I'm a skeptic. I am. I'm a realist and I'm a skeptic. And when things like this happen, I'm like, hmm, wait a minute now. And then I'm, I'm back in the back and the office is going, did he talk to somebody before he came in? Did he get into my files? What, you know, he said, no, man, he came in late. He's from Australia. You know, he's not even from around here. So I was like, hmm, okay. Is that the devil? No, he exalted Jesus. You know, we saw a bunch of people come to Christ. Wow. But you know what? The people that were ministered to went away just amazed and more in love with Christ than ever before. You know, the real thing is, are we changed? You know, are we changed? Do we fall more in love with Christ when these gifts operate than before they did? And, uh, and so, you know, then uh, I, got a, I got a lot of stories I could tell. But... Um, You've heard my story about the Jesus movement here in the early 70s. I'm right down the street here at a house. Uh, a friend of mine calls me to go to the house. He says, you got to come over and talk to these, these kids from high school and middle school, Tim, because I don't know what to tell them. I said, you got 120 kids at your house. What do you mean you don't know what to tell them? You, know? you got them there to tell them about Jesus. Why don't you tell them? He says, I don't know how to tell them. I, you know, but he could get them there. So I walked into the house. There's kids in every room. And so I'm like, well, let me just ask everybody. I went from room to room. I was like, here's who Jesus is. This is what he did for you. Do you want to surrender to Christ? And, and this one little kid goes, wait a minute. Hey, hey. He goes, What's the, why is Jesus any better than Buddha? And I didn't. I mean, I've been a Christian four years. What, I didn't know that much, you know. So I, it just suddenly came to me, and I believe this was a word of knowledge for that moment. I said, well, then why are you here? And he fell apart crying. Just fell apart. You're right. Jesus, I'm like, oh, I don't remember Tim. Yes, how do I even know Jesus? What? In those moments when there is a need, just a few words or something, God is to each one, 12-year-olds, People who are struggling in their lives to get beyond something but still love Jesus. It could be someone standing up front. It could be us. It could be someone out on the streets. It could, it could be anyone because God gives good gifts to his people. He loves each of us. He's no respecter of persons. But he loves to see his work work through us and in us. So, you know, hey, there's no doubt no one is left out. And you need to say this. He's talking about me. Say it. He's talking about me. Right? You. You. And, and I'll say this too. Those of you who are Christians and you say, well, I've never seen that in my life. I can guarantee you, you've operated in them. You just didn't recognize them. But how much more fun 
to expect it, to ask for them to operate, and then then step out and let's see what happens. Right? Because if somebody walked with you that knows about this, they walked with you close enough for long enough, they would see God using you. And just really spontaneous, amazing moments in your life. And you've passed them off. You thought, I don't know why I said that. You know, I don't know why I called that person. I don't, I don't know why I did that. But it was God's grace, charisms, grace gifts, gifts of love that operate. So, man, I could stay there a while. Second one is this. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 is given for the what good? It's given for the common good, right? To each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit. For who? For me? For the common good. Do you get this? And your second feeling is, if it's not good for all, it's not good at all. If it's not good for all, it's not good at all. It's for the common good. It builds the church up. It's a good gift or gifts. People come away going, wow, man, Jesus, yeah. People come away from these gifts. Romans 12, 5 through 6 says, So in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. Get this? And that the word uh, for the common good, I love this. This Greek word, uh, symphoron, which is symphony, for the symphony, for the common good. It's for all the various instruments. As they all operate in the gift together, there is a beautiful song and symphony that's played. And I've been in a symphony, and it is a beautiful thing when everybody plays their part. Beautiful. And it's not so beautiful when people don't play or play out of tune. Get it? So look, you as an individual, the gifts that God operates in you, though we should take great joy and and amazement, I think, and have great gratitude, it's really not for you. It's for others. You operating in the gifts as God decides to, it's to bless other people. And so people will not be blessed like they could be if you don't. It's for others, for the common good. The only one listed that's not like that is tongues, which is for building yourself up, for praying. And again, with tongues, you know, it's not the unknown tongue that gets us in trouble. Right? Nobody speaking in tongues has gossiped. Nobody speaking in tongues has torn anybody down. Nobody speaking in tongues has lied. You get this? But we get all nervous about tongues. Tongues is for building yourself up. It's for praying unless there's tongues in interpretation, which we don't even have an example in the Bible of interpretation. It's never, we don't have any place where it happened, but it obviously did because Paul included it. But tongues and praying, and I'm just going to say this in passing, don't, don't get weirded out by some of the maybe different things you've seen. I got weirded out when I saw things like tongues. I did. I went to this Lutheran church. They came over to pray for me at a men's gathering. They prayed for this one guy to be filled with the Spirit, and they were all speaking in tongues, and, and I'm sitting over in the back going... <laughs> 
I mean, I, I, I'd never been around anything like that. And all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of like, uh, no, this is terrible. I'm not going to say it. But, uh, you know, all this, I thought about the movie Legend, you know, when I was, <laughs> and they're all in the group, and then they turn and look, <laughs> you know, and, and, and suddenly they see me, you know, and they go, ah, and they come over, Tim, do you want, do you, can we pray for you? And I went, no, 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 no. Let me get to the daylight. Let me get out here. Let me step out of this room, get out into the sunshine. Okay, uh, you know, but, but the thing is, I was new enough to this that I honestly was hungry for God. And whatever, I mean, God is a supernatural God. How can you believe in God and not believe that God is supernatural? How could you do that? I mean, Jesus went to the cross, lived a perfect life, raised from the dead. That's pretty cool. That's pretty supernatural. That's above nature, right? It's above natural. But why do we wonder if God cannot do some things in us? Is English the only language people pray in? Some of my Hispanic friends need to say something right now. All right? Okay, how about, in your native tongue, say no for me. Beautiful. Get it? Why would not God, why would not God in some way give a gift so you could pray in a heavenly language? Do you think God only hears English, only hears Spanish, only hears whatever? Why would he not say, here's a gift for you to pray? Here's a gift so you can pray and you won't even have to think about the words once you run out of your vocabulary. So I'm sitting there. I go home. Karen had come home for a, uh, for a, a wedding. And my friend, a uh, fellow student that was there, he was a part of the entourage that tried to take me and, uh, <laughs> or give me the gift or pray for me. And he was staying with me that night at our little apartment in Charlotte. And, uh, and so... Uh, now, he comes in crying. He was staying in the other room, and he came in crying. And he said, Tim, forgive me. I should, have never, I should have never done that. I should have never approached you that way. He said, if God has something for you, you love Jesus, he'll give it to you. That did it for me right there. I was like, okay. He went back to the room. I pulled my Bible out and started reading. I read 1 Corinthians, went through Romans 12, went through Ephesians 4, just started reading, especially when I got to... Book of Acts. You read through the whole book of Acts. I was probably two in the morning by then. You know, I'm 20 years old. And I'm looking there, so I closed it up. And I said, it's in there. It's in there. If it's in there, I want it in here. Fold it up. And I just went, okay, God, do it. <laughs> no, no lie. I mean, I'm by myself in there. And I, so I just start praying. I opened the Psalms. I started repeating the Psalms. I started praying. Nobody was telling me to babble. Nobody was trying to teach me, you know, speak with, with no consonants, anything like that. You know, I, was, I just started praying, and suddenly this, it was sounds, and it all began to bubble out. And I'm like, okay, great. Now I know how to pray. I got another way to pray. All right. Folded the book back up. Didn't tell Karen for five years. <laughs> I didn't know you were supposed to tell anybody. It was, pray, it was praying to build me up. I'd go to surfing contests. One time I went to Charleston, and I remember going, man, I'm tired of listening to the radio. Uh, you know, I, oh, I think I'll just pray all the way to Charleston and back. And so, you know, I prayed. I ran out of words like 15 minutes into it. And so uh, I thought, ooh, how about that thing, tongues? I wonder if that'll work right now. So, you know, just started praying up there and praying all the way back. And it brought peace. And do I understand it all? No. But I know it brings peace. And it's one of the gifts. And not everybody speaks in tongues. Not everybody has to speak in tongues. Nobody, not everybody is supposed to speak in tongues. But it's one of the gifts. And it's the, 
probably the smallest of the gifts, and it's the one that builds yourself up. All the rest of them are for the common good or for everybody. But don't wig out about tongues, all right? They're, like I said, we've got a lot of people in this room right now that speak other languages than English. And so, hey, we good? Yeah. All right. All right, gifts aren't given. Boy, I got to really move. Gifts aren't given to make you look good. They're given to build the church up. They're not given so you can stand up on a platform and, and do miraculous things and throw your coat where everybody falls over and, you know, I'm sorry. You know, that's, that's when we get over on this side, you know, when we get way over here, like way over here. You know, it's about leaving a meeting and going, man, I love Jesus so very much. I mean, I love Jesus more since I, you know, I love Jesus more after I'm leaving this gathering than I did when I came in. I feel like I'm more needed in the body of Christ now than I've ever been after this meeting. Those are the signs of a good operation of the gifts. When it welcomes people, when it loves people, and the whole body is built up. So how do we begin? And these are your last two here. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And your first one is this. What was given in love should be given with love. When we operate in the gifts, it's operated in love. Even if it's something that God has shown you something and you need to go talk to somebody about it, it's to be done in love. 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 Ephesians 4, 16. From Him, that is Christ, the whole body, the church, joined and held together for, by every supporting ligament, like you're the ligaments, we're all together, right? Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Then the body is built up in love. It's healthy. Its attitude is great. Its character is strong. And there's a deep humility of what God has done in one another's lives and is doing in one another's life. And there's an expectation that God's going to do greater things in one another's life. I mean, it's a win-win when it's done the way God's called us to do it. And um, it speaks to God's character. You know, the operating in the gifts should be a reflection on God's good character, the way that we operate in them. And, uh, you know, much damage has been done through misusing the gifts, and I've seen it. I've seen some horrible things done, horrible things, said, done, and people defend them by, I am the man, woman of God, and, you know, don't touch God's anointed. And like a friend of mine told me one time after a meeting long ago, just because you may be a prophet doesn't mean you can be a jerk. <laughs> right? Because it's all done in love, done in love, out of love. Joined, held together. And, uh, you know, you never hear God say things like, Thus saith the Lord, I hate you. <laughs> no. First of all, you don't have to say, Thus saith the Lord. I can't do that. You know, I can't say that because I can't presume to be the actual mouth of God. <laughs> but I can say, I think. <laughs> you know, I feel like, you know, this might be God, what's being said, and here's, here's you know, 
I want to submit it for your judgment. And maybe someone else's hears what's being said, right? And so, um, you know, what is given in love should, should be given with love. Um, and your last one is, go ahead and ask. Go ahead and ask, for this dad loves to answer this request. Eagerly desire. Not, hey, you might want it. And it's like, you don't, I'm good. You don't have to worry about it. No, eagerly desire. It's okay to want. Like someone at a birthday and you're wanting this gift, right? You're like, I just hope mom and dad give me this gift because I eagerly desire it. It's okay to eagerly desire that God use you in prophecy, that God use you in a word of knowledge, that God uses you in these grace gifts. Eagerly desire, and he says, most of all, prophecy because it builds the church up, you know, the, at the most. And so, uh, you know, eagerly desire. Matthew seven eleven. Bob was uh, preaching out of a uh, kind of a, a similar verse or singing out of a similar verse earlier, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Good gifts. And, uh, you know, like I said, the first Sunday of 2019, why would we not think God wants to do good things? Why do we expect bad things? Why don't we believe and ask God to do good things in our lives? And He gives good gifts. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Holy Spirit, you so love to point to Jesus. You so love to exalt Christ, to draw attention to him. You so love to teach us who he is, what he's done, how much he cares for us in this world. And you so love to work in our own lives to redeem us, to save us even now. And we, like your scripture says, we've been saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. Lord, we are perpetually in this mode of changing and being redeemed. And you do that through your presence. And many times we help one another through the gifts of the Spirit. And we minister to one another. And the way we even put ourselves in a position, folks, of these things, these wonderful gifts being given to us is we have to be in right relationship with God. It's through the Holy Spirit, through us coming to Jesus, to saying yes to Him, that we put ourselves in a position of being able to even use these gifts. And so if there's no Holy Spirit, there's no gifts. And so if you haven't said yes to Christ, you can do it right now. You can say, okay, Lord, now I say yes. Just say yes to him. Yes. Yes. And I want to say this too. Maybe you feel like you're a less than Christian. I'm less than. So God could never use me in any way, especially these gifts. I'm less than. I'm less than. That, dear friend, is an absolute travesty and lie. You are not less than. You have more than enough within you through the Holy Spirit to do anything He so desires to do. Any gift, anything. 
So I pray now for those two, Lord, in this room who know you, but who have kind of stepped back from believing that you indeed can do wonderful things through them. I pray now, Lord, just like that guy in Hong Kong, Lord, whom Jackie was helping. Lord, I pray that your spirit would come upon and within, Lord, would reassure them of your deep love and deep abiding, Lord, ability to do anything the Father desires to do in them and through them for the benefit of the church. So come, Holy Spirit, come now. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.